welcome back everyone. I uh, hope you're doing well. Today is uh, April 6th. It's the day after Palm Sunday. And uh, today I want to just chat a little bit, continuing from yesterday's topic of the triumphal entry in uh, Mark's gospel I'm looking at today in Mark chapter 11. Of course, Palm Sunday, we uh, talked about the significance of Jesus, the King, King Jesus, coming into Jerusalem on a very humble uh, beast of burden, and how Jesus is our King, and how he is a humble King, and how he is a humble King for all the nations, for people everywhere. And then uh, Mark, in his gospel, in verses 12 through 14, picks up right after Jesus enters into Jerusalem and has this curious uh, account of Jesus cursing a fig tree. And it's, again, Mark chapter 11, if you have a Bible with you, and verses 12 through 15 uh, excuse me, 12 through uh, 14, it says, On the following day, when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. And uh, kind of a, a curious story for uh, Mark to include here right after this great entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. But this story and account of the cursing, if you will, uh, of the fig tree is actually, uh, there's two parts to it in verses 12 through 14, which I just read. But then again, in verse 20, in verses 20 through 25, he shares with his disciples the lesson from the fig tree. But it's kind of like a sandwich, and in between these two accounts of the fig tree, right in the middle of it is the story of Jesus cleansing the temple, what commentators commonly refer to as cleansing. So what you have here is a cursing of a fig tree and then a cleansing of the temple in Jerusalem. And then the the third and final part of this uh, triad, this teaching triad that makes up this sandwich, <laughs> is then a lesson from this fig tree account. So it seems a little odd, but uh, let's let's uh, maybe unpack it here for a couple minutes. First of all, this is uh, springtime in the ancient Near East, and uh, fig harvest usually begins sometime in August and goes for three months, you know, into October. So we're looking at uh, 
the time frame here being uh, April, when obviously Jesus knew and Mark records that this was not the season for figs. So it seems uh, a little puzzling that Jesus would uh, curse a fig tree for not having figs during a season when fig trees didn't have figs. Not for another three or four months would a fig tree bear the fruit of these figs. So, uh, you know, I'm not sure what you think is going on here, but there's definitely something going on with Jesus and this fig tree that he would stop and he would uh, curse it, even though the fig tree should not be producing anything at this time. Take a break, think about that, and then we'll talk more. Well, what's going on here with Jesus and why would he curse this fig tree? Well, Mark makes a point of saying here that uh, Jesus was uh, hungry. (laughs) My son Nathan, when he was young, would get very angry when he was hungry. And you've heard the term hangry. And uh, is this what is going on with with Jesus here? Is he just having a bad day? Is he hangry? Kind of like that Snickers commercial, if you're familiar with it, where people are kind of in a bad mood and then one of the friends gives uh, the the angry person a Snickers bar and everything's good, then they're back to normal. And uh, as I read this story here today, I kind of, in my mind, thinking, well, maybe one of the disciples just needs to reach into their travel bag and pull out a Snickers bar and give it to Jesus, and everything will be okay, and then this poor fig tree won't get cursed. But I don't think that's that's what's happening here. There is a a connection that is going on between the, the fig tree and these first three, or, or excuse me, in verses 12 through uh, 14, and then the next narrative, verses 15 through 19, which is Jesus entering into the temple and cleansing the temple. So the connection here is, I'm going to suggest that Jesus is angry at a fig tree that isn't producing fruit even though it's not the season to produce fruit, but yet it has green leaves as though it it looks like it should be, almost like some sort of deception going on here, where Mark says the tree, the the leaves were on on this fig tree, so it shows that maybe there there is some maturing, but not fruit. He's angry at a fig tree. And then he enters the temple the next day when they come into Jerusalem. Uh, and I don't know if it's the next day, maybe the, the same day. Uh, but when he enters into the temple, 
He's angry at the money changers in the temple. So there's a connection here between the anger of Jesus and the fig tree and the anger, the righteous anger, righteous indignation. This isn't Jesus sinning. This is him being angry in a righteous way. And so the connection that is going on that I think, and I think most commentators probably would agree with this, is that Jesus uses the fig tree as a symbol of God's judgment on the current state of the temple. And in verses 15 through 19, uh, I won't take the time to read that, but if you have a Bible, you, you may want to. In fact, I encourage you to do that as we uh, study the life of Christ during this Holy Week. He enters into Jerusalem, enters into the temple, and then he begins to drive out those who are selling uh, the sacrifices that were needed for the worshipers entering into the temple, and he turns over the money changers' tables, the seats of those who are selling the pigeons and the other animals. So this is something we're aware of even in our day and age, in April of the year 2020, we would call it price gouging. A roll of toilet paper or two rolls of toilet paper for 10 bucks at the store because everyone wants it. The same thing going on in Jerusalem in the temple during the Passover when all the Jews are coming in from all over the Holy Land and needing to buy these animals for their sacrificial duty uh, as they enter into the temple. And they are being price gouged. They are being taken advantage of. The temple has become a place of business and a place of profit. And Jesus says this should be a place for all the nations. It should first be a place of prayer. So we see Jesus in a state of righteous anger that is directed towards those who are taking advantage of those who are truly seeking to worship and to follow the, the Torah, the law of Moses, who need these birds, pigeons, or lambs, other sacrificial animals, depending on uh, what they can afford and people driving up the price, taking advantage of them, and really causing Jesus to react in a way that um, really demonstrates his love for people of all nations. And in Mark's account, in verses 17 and verses 18. In the middle of this, as Mark records, Jesus uh, throwing the tables, overturning the tables, and and uh, acting out in this way, he, he says that Jesus is teaching them. Verse 17, he was teaching them and saying to them, 
Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. And then again in in the very next statement in verse 18, uh, it talks about the chief priests and scribes wanting to destroy him, and the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And so we see a picture here that Mark is is really painting of uh, kind of a prolonged event here, not just Jesus going in, seeing a temp, uh, table or two, throwing it over and moving out. It's, it's as though he's standing in the midst of all of these people and these money changers and the religious leaders in the temple, and he's he's teaching them. He's, he's sharing with them. He's quoting the scripture in Isaiah. And there's other parts that he's probably referring to in the book of Isaiah, which talks about God's love for all the nations and how uh, God's temple is a place of prayer. It's a place of access for all people, not just the Jews. So Jesus is called rabbi because uh, he's a teacher and he's teaching even not only through his actions here, but he's teaching through the word of God. And he, I believe, is not just cleansing the temple of these rituals or these practices, but I think uh, maybe a better phrase would be that he is rejecting the temple. Again, this is a holy week. He had just come into Jerusalem as the humble king of the world and people shouting out, save us, Hosanna in the highest, please rescue us, save us. And that's exactly what he's going to do, uh, is to die uh, on the cross, a sacrificial death on the cross for everyone. And so I believe he's rejecting the temple as the means where people need to seek and find favor in God's eyes through the killing of pigeons or sacrificial lambs or bulls or whatever it may be, goats. Jesus is rejecting what is going on, but he's also uh, teaching that now he is the way. He is the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world. And in doing this, the need now for the temple and its sacrificial system is obsolete. There will be no need for this anymore. And Jesus, uh, by going in and teaching the people this, and then he's going to show them through his death on the cross and his resurrection that they no longer need to go to the temple to purchase animals to uh, have their sins atoned for, but that Jesus himself will do it for them on their behalf. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So after uh, Mark records this account of the rejection, is what I'm calling it, the rejection of the temple, and the sacrificial system that had been in place for centuries, Jesus then uh, 
goes back to this fig tree, or I should say Mark does in his gospel account as he's writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, started out with the fig tree, then taught about the temple, and now back to the fig tree in verses 20 through 25. And in this section, he uh, tries to share with us what the lesson is from this withered fig tree. And, and I already said that the fig tree is a symbol of God's judgment on the current state of the temple. Jesus is angry at the fig tree for not bearing fruit, and he's angry at the money changers and the religious leaders who are supervising and overseeing all of this in the temple because it's keeping people away. It's taking advantage of people. It's taking them away from from doing what they need to do by following God's law. And Jesus now rejects that whole system because he himself will be the sacrificial lamb that will take away all of the sin of everyone in the world, regardless of what nation they are from or what language they speak. He is the one way and the only means of forgiveness of sin for those who put their faith in him. And that is now the lesson that Jesus will continue to teach. He's talking here about faith and prayer and forgiveness. Those are kind of the three things in these uh, few verses, 20 through 25, really prayer being the, the key but he says that you have to have faith in God and you have to have forgiveness as well. So it says in verse 20, As they passed by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours, and whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you, your trespasses. And so Mark comes back to the fig tree. Jesus talks to them and says, well, you shouldn't be surprised, Peter, at this. Uh, after all, you should have faith in God, and God is able to do that. Uh, even wither a, a tree that's producing green leaves, the very next day you walk by it, and it's now withered to its roots. God can do anything. Put faith in God. And the faith in God is connected to uh, prayer. Go ahead and ask. Believe. But you have to believe. And Jesus here is this answer. He is the answer to the prayer. He's the answer to the prayers of the Jews and for all people who are looking for a Savior. And He is the one who will forgive and uh, we must put our faith in him and we must forgive others knowing that Jesus' death on the cross is a picture of his love and forgiveness for us. 
So how can we not turn around and forgive others what they have done to us when we are gladly receiving the benefits of Jesus' death and his forgiveness on our behalf? So it's an incredible passage here in Mark 11. I want to encourage you to continue to study it, to look at it, and to keep following Jesus with all of your heart. He loves you. God bless you as you read God's word and follow him.